Princess Rise for their Majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! We're back with another episode of Royally Obsessed. I'm Roberta. And I'm Rachel. We have so much royal news to get into today. I'm from so excited. The COP26, climate change, everything. But first, reminder, if you want to send us an email, please do info at gallerypodcasts with an S dot com info at gallerypodcasts.com. Also, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We love reading five star reviews, especially <laughs> the more detailed, the better. Send us yes. a love note. Rachel, what are we talking about? OK, today? well, as you said, COP26, we have an audio video recording of Megan reading the bench. So exciting. We're going to talk a few updates about the Queen's health, Prince Andrew's murky defense, Ugh. a royal Halloween recap. We got some intel there and so much more. Roberta, how was your Halloween? I know we heard we got a sneak peek about the Ted Lasso plan. You nailed it. If anyone hasn't seen Roberta's Instagram post, well done on Keely. <laughs> we were just cheering AFC Richmond the whole time, which was so fun and just running around. It was great. I also loved your shark costume, oh your gosh. trio of sharks. <laughs> we tried. We tried. But we I was actually surprised that I didn't see more Ted Lassos running around. You were the only one that I saw. That was like the most genius costume. Why was not everyone Ted Lasso? You know, I think it was hard to kind of get your hands on some of the merch. The merch was pricey. Like, I, I looked way too late, but I think, you know, a lot of places had sold out of stuff or yeah. it was out of stock till November. So, so true. I did the iron-on patches from Etsy for $5. Smart. It was such a cheap costume. You're so smart so about this it was, stuff. It was really Wait, fun. can I say yeah. how, over the weekend what you'll be proud of me for is I'm back on the train of Harry Potter. So I that was my like spooktacular oh, yes. plan. I'm now about 400 pages into the final book. So I'm just giving a quick update. Amazing. They just went to Godric's Hollow. So I don't know. I know nothing. I'm very excited though. Are you on the edge of your... Like, I am. Are like, you I just so want to quit my work day right now. I want to hang up this podcast and go read <laughs> Harry Potter. But royals are my heart and soul. So I obviously will not do that. <laughs> Oh, but you should dress up as maybe next year. Next year, I'll have earned. Costumes. I could be like Hermione or I don't know, Professor McGonagall or something. <laughs> and watch all the movies back to back. Yes. You've seen all no, the movies. No, right? I haven't. I don't know anything no. that happens. Uh, you tell me this every time and I always forget, but this is the most exciting journey. I for know you. nothing. I just... And my husband is such a poker face. I'll be like, wait, what? And he won't say anything. He's really good about it, though. So. I know what we're going to talk about in person on Saturday woo, woo. because we are seeing each other. So excited. Finally, again. But what are we doing? The Spencer movie. We're going Yay. to see it in person and with a guest appearance. I feel like hopefully this doesn't get canceled, but Pablo Lorraine, the director, is speaking afterwards. So we cannot wait. The Spencer movie, I like every time I think about it, I feel like I get chills. Yeah. Kristen Stewart is going to win an Oscar. she got engaged this week, so congrats to her. I know. Yeah, amazing. What are we sipping? And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. We're sipping on some organic wine. This is actually my new favorite brand of wine. It's called Bonterra. And it's also, they use green solar energy to make the wine and it's all organic. It's really it's cool. It's delicious. So, I did the cab soap, even though it's early <laughs> and I put it in a little whale cup. So don't mind me. Oh, but I also have some water because I got to like <laughs> go back and forth, but it is really good. I love it. Really delicious. We also have two listener emails. One is a quick one from Amanda. She says, hi, ladies. I just wanted to share. I was at Cost Plus World Market today and they have these tins of shortbread cookies or 
biscuits, as the Royals would say, just that I'd share. Love the show, Amanda. And it is a picture of these two tins of shortbread cookies. One has the queen's face on it, her majesty in a blue hat and coat, and then the other is the Cambridges walking down some steps in very formal wear. I zoomed in to see the prices. They're seventeen dollars. Kind of pricey, but I I have one. a couple of these. Roberta, am, am I wrong in saying that you bought me one when we first met? Like you went to the UK and you brought me one back? Yeah, I did. I- <laughs> You want to know that it still has a place in my heart and in Finn's um, clo- like play toy closet because we keep his markers in it. Oh, that's <laughs> so. Sweet. Once the biscuits are gone, multi-purpose. Wait, keep that sustainable. You returned the favor and brought me a Harry and Meghan one. Did I? Yes, <laughs> I'm almost positive. And hold on, unless maybe maybe I bought this from Harrods. Did I get you one and I got myself one? I just thought that you got it for me. <laughs> Mine is really, it's really beautiful. It, wait, is I have the one that has like the like little tiny drawings. It's like illowed. It. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's mine too. So I bought two. <laughs> you bought I guess, it for and yourself. Gave myself one and forgot. <laughs> that's how. So that's how this is going. One more note from a listener named Kim. I've wanted to go to the UK since I was around 10. Cut to 25 plus years later, my husband and I made plans to go. Our schedule included a stop at the V&A Museum, seeing a play in the West End, trips to legit pubs, and checking out Kensington Palace and its gardens. Unfortunately, our trip was scheduled for the end of March 2020, so it had to be canceled. As you can imagine, I was pretty gutted, but it's around this time I learned about your podcast. It's been such a treat to listen to each weekend while I walk our dog. It's fun to hear about the details of royal events, people, and scandals. This is so kind. And Rachel, I love hearing about Finn. He's the same age as my daughter, so I share the excitement when there are royal children's sightings and photos and seeing if any of the clothes would work in my child's wardrobe. <laughs> I feel like you can relate to that, right? I can you definitely relate to that. for the, the clothing. Yes, the I royals. always, always do. It was funny last night. I was asking Finn as he was going to sleep what I – he was like, Mama has to work. And I was like, what do you think I do for work? And he was like – you go and you talk about Finn. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> oh He's like, that's, that's what so he thinks cute. that I do all day, which I kind of do. Let's be honest. We kind of do. We talk about Finn on he the He comes pod. up a good amount. So. I cannot wait for him to be old enough to listen to this and hear us chat about like, him all the Mom. time. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be like, who's that lady that's always talking about? But I about? hope that, Kim, I hope you get back to the UK. Get that trip on the calendar. It is overdue and deserved. Yes. All right, this week in royal history. And now, this week in royal history. We're flashing back to November 5th, 1981, just three months since the royal wedding. A 20 year old Diana tells the world she's pregnant. Woo-woo. I, I have to read this. this <laughs> I'm doing a lot uh, of woo woos this episode. Sorry. I know. I have to read this lead from People Magazine's announcement article by Louise Legg in 1981. It says, It seemed as though the rice had hardly been swept off the steps of St. Paul's before Britain was proudly a Twitter over a new royal announcement. Twitter was not a thing back then. A Twitter. A Twitter. Just used casually, like not in reference to social media. Exactly. (laughs) The newlywed Diana, Princess of Wales, is expecting to deliver an heir to the throne sometime in June. After a brief pause during which the nation's mums counted on their fingers, as one wry observer put it, the Buckingham Palace switchboard was jammed with congratulatory calls, hundreds of well-wishers gathered at the gates, and Fleet Street hailed the wonderful news in banner headlines. Roberta, you can read to me anytime. That was beautiful. (laughs) 
I do. I want to note that this really was, I mean, that energy is conveyed in that paragraph, but there really was so much excitement because of the level of informality that the actual statement of her pregnancy brought with it. So they said they were delighted. The statement said the Prince and Princess of Wales, the Queen and the Duke of Edinburgh, members of both families are delighted by the news and the princess is in excellent health. And Delighted is that like key word delighted emotive emotion like how shocking from the royal family and also such a departure from the queen's own pregnancy announcement when she was pregnant with charles which was officially heralded by a cryptic post that said his mother would undertake no public engagements after the end of june that was it there was no oh the queen's pregnant you know they're delighted it was just no engagements after june and so it just really set a new standard for what the palace announcements would look like. Also, they announced, you know, this was a big departure too. the announcement of who Diana's attending doctor would be, which was the queen's own gynecologist, George Pinker. Mm -hmm. Um, I just love that. I mean, this is such a, a flashpoint in history. We know that William was born in June of the following year, um, but she was only 20. I know. Like, can you? Ra- I can't wrap my mind around it, really. I totally agree. She was such a baby having a baby. And I feel like at the same time, it's also just hearing you that I think it's funny that we're delighted how much that's been. It was new and fresh at the time, but it's mm-hmm. a part of every announcement now. Is it a part of every pregnancy amounts announcement or just the birth announcements? You know, I'm not sure. I think it's just the birth. I think it's just the birth. So this was the, but this was its first appearance. Right. And, and his, uh, George Pinker's obituary even kind of nodded to that fact that he was mentioned. It was a big deal for everyone back then. And, you know, Diana had a very difficult labor with William. I think it was 16 hours long and there was almost an emergency C-section. She ended up delivering naturally, but it was, yeah, I mean, it's also, it's hard to, to think, you know, her pregnancy was not only difficult in that aspect, but also she was struggling already in her marriage mm-hmm. in this early, early stage within the very first year of her marriage. You know, in January 1982 was when she threw herself down the stairs and talked about wow. it extensively in Andrew Morton's um, biography, Diana, Her True Story. So, yeah, yeah. I just finished catching up on CNN's. Diana series, by the way. Rachel, you are the star of episodes three and four. Like you are the the main interaction. I haven't watched episode four. I don't know. I that's I don't believe that to be true, but I uh, I'm so excited for Sunday though, but you really are like the headliner of episode three. Oh my god. It is all about Rachel. Oh my gosh, Roberta, you're embarrassing. (laughs) It was so I haven't I haven't I'm like a little bit behind, to be honest. Halloween really threw me off. So I'm excited to see it. They've done such a beautiful job with the whole Series. Such a beautiful yeah. job. So the next one will premiere, I think, this Sunday at 9 p.m. This so Sunday. everyone, stay tuned, CNN. See you, Rachel. Man. All right, on that note, COP26, let's discuss. I feel like we can't really talk about COP26 without first talking about the Queen. So we know that this conference, the annual climate change conference hosted by the UN, is now taking place in Glasgow. Am I saying that right, Glasgow? Because you are a yeah. Scotland expert yeah, here. Glasgow. Okay. You've been to Glasgow? Yeah. We well, we were about an hour outside of Glasgow. So yeah, we um, we lived in Stirling, Scotland, which is a tiny town. And we'd go into Glasgow for like the shopping and the restaurants and stuff. So 
I'm yeah, really we've been it quite a few times. Sad I haven't been, but I'm it's it's on my list. That's my tagline these days. It's on my list. It's um, really interesting. The people there actually have like really intense Scottish accents. Side note. And they've Anyways. also been like tweeting. Have you seen some of the reactions? They're like, cool, like we're now like super celebrity central right now. <laughs> like the royals are here. Other people, Leo are there. We'll get into that. But I think just Ahead of this, it was a gut punch. I don't, I'm sure you felt the same way to get the word that the queen officially needs to rest for two weeks. That's what the doctors have prescribed to her. But that means that she has to miss the Festival of Remembrance on November 13th. Her plan is that it's her firm intention. Firm intention is the word from the palace to be present for the National Service of Remembrance on November 14th. So it seems like she's really looking at the calendar exactly two weeks, then she'll be back at these events. But I think it's just with COP26, the magnitude of her missing that, it's hard to like really believe that two weeks, it's like, that's all, that's all she needs. I mean, she, I hope that is the case. It's just nerve wracking. Do you feel that way? It is super nerve wracking. Yeah. But I think there's also like things to mitigate it. Like I totally agree. And I was shocked because I feel like the Festival of Remembrance is just a monumental Mm -hmm. thing on her calendar. I know, you know, she's really looking forward to the service of remembrance. That's what's most important. But these big back-to-back events in November are so big for her all every year. So, but I do think, you know, we have Boris Johnson saying he talked with her and she was in good form. We saw her driving. Her driving, her Jaguar. What did you think of that when you saw her driving? I loved it. I mean, that was a great like shot of like uplift, right? (laughs) Yes. Yes. And like her in this, like, I don't know, 20 year old green hatchback jaguar like it just and was like very the scarf like, and like the scarf and sunglasses is so cool like it's I, a message to the world it's like i'm fine like don't worry i'm fine so yeah. i think that was really soothed some anxiety for and people, i saw but. some early reports that there's conversations about a sandringham christmas this year so i think hello had that story whether it's true or not that there's conversations about the fam all being together who that includes, I have no idea. There were no details, but that the queen would like to host it at Sandringham is what I saw. I am holding out that Harry and Meghan and Archie and Lilibet will be there. I think it's time for them to introduce Lilibet to her grandmother. And I mean, Archie was just, you know, a newborn when he met his grandmother. So hopefully they get to go over there. He's yeah. changed so much since then. Oh, absolutely. All that said, Her Majesty was still kind of, for me, like a big focal point of COP26, which kicked off on Sunday. So we had a pre-taped speech from her at the reception hosted by Charles and Camilla and Kate and William that was for key members of the Sustainable Markets Initiative and Earthshot finalists and winners. I want to play a clip of what she said, and then we'll talk about it. This is a duty I'm especially happy to discharge, as the impact of the environment on human progress was a subject close to the heart of my dear late husband, Prince Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh. I remember well that in 1969, he told an academic gathering, if the world pollution situation is not critical at the moment, it is as certain as anything can be that the situation will become increasingly intolerable within a very short time. If we fail to cope with this challenge, all the other problems will pale into insignificance. It is a source of great pride to me that the leading role my husband played in encouraging people to protect our fragile planet lives on through the work of our eldest son, Charles, and his eldest son, William. I could not be more proud of them. 
Roberta, what did you think of that mention of Philip? That was a really big deal for her to speak of him, I thought. Yeah, I thought that in addition to, you know, the photo of him behind her. And the the, zoom on that photo. And it's one of the most gorgeous photos that was released after his death of the monarch butterflies, her wearing the butterfly brooch. Um, Yeah, I mean, it just all felt like honoring his memory and his legacy and his environmental work, which was you know, it wasn't really her cause that she championed as hard as he did. So I think that that was really important that she call that out. Um, he really talked about it before anyone else did. So I thought that was that was incredible. Yeah. Do you think that the butterfly, I mean, I was thinking about how we had those images of Charlotte with the butterflies early, just very recently too. I, I just loved sort of the the um, connections that were very apparent with that, you know, the the brooch and then the photo. And that is one of my favorite photos of Philip too. Yeah, supposedly the palace commented on the butterfly brooch. Yeah. So because I guess a lot of people were speculating that it was meant to symbolize a sense of rebirth after Philip's death seven months ago. But the palace actually clarified to People Magazine that the queen didn't intend that reading at all and that the brooch was given to her as a wedding present from the Countess of Onslow for yeah. their for Prince Philip and the Queen's wedding. So I thought that was a sweet another sweet call out to him that we didn't really know. What they clarify though, right? I yeah. always think why that, would like, they step in for why that? would they step in for that little detail? It seems like it's uh, you know very bizarre, but it was beautiful. Yeah. She looked incredible. I loved her green. I loved her coral lip. Is that weird to say? I just thought she looked very healthy and vibrant. So I'm, I I loved having her there. Also, her shout out to William and Charles. Yeah. And green for climate change, too, I think very appropriate. And yes, the, the shout out. I mean, people were really up in arms that Harry's name was omitted, but it does feel appropriate given the line of succession. I don't really think that that's like it's the same thing when we see photos of of William and Charles and the Queen and George. It's like it it doesn't yeah. really rub me the wrong way at all. So I don't. And know. And I feel like that it like ties together with this event. Like they have all these, you know, with Earthshot and everything that they're hosting through COP twenty six. I know and they're Harry's there very at the event. Too. Harry's not there. Yeah. yeah, it just doesn't make really any sense that people would get so offended. Yeah, I did have just one other line that I really cared about from her speech because it, you know it's less about the royal connection but more about just what she's lived through. I mean, almost 70 years on the throne, what the queen has observed, the number of world leaders that she's encountered. And she said, it has sometimes been observed that what people do for their people today is government and politics, but what they do for the people of tomorrow, that is statesmanship. I just thought that that was a really powerful line because it does a, it's very important when it comes to climate change, but it's also like, come on, the point of leadership is to really think about tomorrow and what you're putting for the next generation. I just love that she kind of hammered that home. And doesn't she say something like, you know, none of us will live forever kind of under. Yes. I want to play that we... clip. I'm going to play okay. that. Yeah. You're going to play. It? I jumped in. No, I'm glad you teased it perfectly. <laughs> of course, the benefits of such actions will not be there to enjoy for all of us here today. We, none of us will live forever, but we are doing this not for ourselves, but for our children and our children's children and those who will follow in their footsteps. That line really affected me. I'm sure you felt the same. Yeah, exactly. Because I think with the healthcare recently and, and you know, she's always a reassuring presence, but now she's saying, you know, I'm not going to live forever. And I want her and, to be immortal. <laughs> I know. I do too. I do too. <laughs> but I think this reminder is, you know, we do need that. She's working to prepare the next generation for taking over and 
we all need to kind of mentally prepare for that. Yeah. And so I, I think that's how that I felt when I heard it. It's just like, we all have to prepare ourselves that goodbye will happen. And it's a very hard thing to say. I am not good with goodbyes in that how way. How can she still be so reassuring when she's telling so us reassuring, that she's Roberta. Always. Like, I feel like I'm teary just thinking about it. Also, just one last mention of the queen. It's that picture of Kate and William and Charles and Camilla watching her speech. I think it was shared on the Duke and Duchess's account. Um, Earl and Countess of Strathurn, excuse me. <laughs> But um, she just, um, it just was really poignant to see, I think, just, you know, the lines of succession, of course, but also just them watching this, their center, their, you know, who they've looked to and their what's sovereign. the future. So yeah, w- what about the Cambridges? I mean, what was going yeah, on? Yeah, so the Cambridges, more updates in random order about the event. So we saw a couple events from Kate and William, they arrived and went to a scout's event, which was very appropriate. They've done a lot of work with that. My big call out from that was that they arrived by train and Kate also had an open bag, which I thought was really cool because to be honest, when I saw those pictures, I was kind of like, they are, you know, everyday commuters. Like you could walk by them and almost not think of them as you know, the future yeah. of the monarchy. Did you and feel they're that getting way? down? Yeah, they're getting down to business and they're riding public transportation. I think yes, those very are sustainable. two big things. Very sustainable, very apropos for this conference. Yeah, Kate's tote bag with binders. It felt very, um, I was reminded of Megan, you know, on the Australia tour where she walks off the plane holding with a binder a after binder. their baby pregnancy announcement. So yeah. um, I love that. I was so, I was thrown through loop though because I was like, why is she wearing the scout scarf? Until I realized that was the event. But I was like, what is this outfit choice? <laughs> yeah. I had no idea. Were you not? Yeah. It was yeah, definitely it was very, very casual. Sweet. I loved the quilted vest. I thought that that was really cool. And then I liked their coordinating green. William, like, I think adding the poppy, I know it's for Remembrance Day and that time of year. But I feel like it just really, like, gives him a compliment. And it complimented you know? her little neckerchief too whatever you call it the yeah. scouts and then she added another one so she was double scarfing yeah um but such a such a range because then at night was the night. blue dress yeah from eponine blue. london yeah. total pivot it was like a cobalt blue just like the scottish flag not a repeat outfit which everyone expected although it seems like it's an old outfit that's lived in the back of her closet we just haven't seen it because i think that yeah. what kate wore sleuthed it out right that it was 87 weeks ago that eponine am i saying eponine right but um eponine yeah eponine yeah i i i thought it would have been you know more of a show of support of the conference's goals and ideals to kind of rewear something i think that's more sustainable than just pulling out something new that you've not worn yet um but and i also like i feel like I'm going to be in the minority here, mm-hmm. but I thought it reminded me of a flight attendant outfit. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I didn't love it. I, I didn't don't know. love it I either. loved her hair. Like her hair was yeah. so intricate and beautiful, but I love I the color love the choice, but I, I don't know something. I agree. It wasn't like her. It wasn't her, my favorite look of Kate's. Yeah. It gave me major stewardess vibes. Yeah, so, I, I hear know. that. I hear that. Um, a couple other things I did want to mention. Charles hosting Jeff Bezos after William's burn about space travel. Did you see that they chatted at Dumfries' house the night before the conference began? It just made me think like, wow, it's just a small world. But it's good that William still said something because it's important. And it doesn't mean that you can't pursue these other industries. But we do need to – they need to be reflective. Jeff Bezos is quite the multi-billionaire. We need to like yeah. – put that money into our climate and all of that. And that's what they were talking about, Bezos Earth Fund, apparently on 
and how they can help. Also love seeing some masks. There was a photo, Justin Trudeau wearing a mask, chatting with Kate. Uh, there weren't a lot of masks. I always just have this, maybe it's Boris just- Johnson, like what's he doing sitting next to David Attenborough not wearing a mask? Like, yeah. It just is really I did see like Kate and William, you saw various pics where people had them on. William wore them for his speech and uh, you know, when he was sitting in the audience and stuff like that. I just think it makes, I have general COVID anxiety sometimes when people are indoors, so- just me, I don't know. But also Leo, who wore a mask. And But we talked about Leo last week. I love that he is at the conference adding some star status. Yes, there's a lot. There's so many people. I think they said it's the biggest meeting of world leaders ever in Scotland. So it's really incredible. Should we move on yes. to Sussex's updates really quick? So there's a few Sussex updates. One was right after we recorded, news broke that Megan had recorded a video for Brightly, which, reminder, is a penguin random house company that encourages kids and parents to read more. So she recorded it for the Brightly Storytime YouTube channel. And also Penguin Random House Connection, they were the publisher of the bench, but also of Harry's memoir. So mm. Sussex's have chosen their publisher and it's yeah it's them so here's a clip from that hi and welcome to brightly Storytime. i'm megan the duchess of sussex and today i'm going to read to you my book called the bench this is illustrated by christian robinson and i asked him to do something special for me and use watercolors which isn't the normal medium he works in but he did it to make this extra special i hope you love the pictures as much as you love the words i wrote this as a poem for my husband and our son archie and then turned it into a book so you could enjoy it too here you go the bench it's such a peaceful video in the outdoor setting and so green and she just it's the light is shining right on it's just really gorgeous um i love her button down too yeah yeah very very calm vibes and then so just days later uh megan gifted the paid family leave group called paid leave us 25 dollars starbucks gift cards for every single person working overtime to campaign the director of communications for the group tweeted the Duchess of Sussex, aka Meghan Markle, bought everyone at Paid Leave US a few cups of coffee while we're working overtime to save paid leave. Unbelievably classy and necessary. Truly honored to know she has our backs in the fight to win. And then he clarified later, he said, the Duchess gave each of our staff members $25. Maybe that doesn't mean much to some, but for our team fighting to save paid leave, it was a delightful surprise. Thank you. So, she also, it was revealed today, called Senator Kristen Gillibrand. So she's really campaigning for paid family leave, which it's just so upsetting. And upsetting is not even the right word. There's more gravity to it than that. But just that it's been dropped from this bill. And hopefully, yeah. you know, there's there's talk that it could be resurrected. But. I love thinking about, like, this, the strategy, like, when Meghan and Harry pick and choose where they're going to show up and how they're going to do these. Because obviously it gets press. But I think that it's it's really always so strategic and thoughtful and shines a light at just the right moment. Like I think it's such a small thing. It's a, it's a small act of kindness to give a $25 Starbucks gift card, but it just – it like, it, you know, the rev- reverb effect? What's that like? <laughs> you yeah. know, it just – it really um, – The ripple effect. The ripple effect, not reverb. <laughs> the ripple effect. We're it's, at a loss for words. Yeah, it's early. <laughs> um, but it just, it really uh, is so impactful and it has us all talking about it. And I think it's really cool. Well, and I think for her, yeah, exactly. And for her to throw her, 
you know, star power behind a cause like this and that's so noble and, and reaches across party lines, I think is really, really important. And mm-hmm. Senator Gillibrand has been developing paid family and medical leave legislation for over a decade. Yeah. So they talked on the phone and BuzzFeed's Ellie Hall had the scoop. Mm-hmm. We then got an update on the Archwell site uh, that started out with a COP26 call out. What did you think of this? I mean, it just said like, you know, as global leaders convene for this summit to commit to solutions for climate crisis, all of us at Archwell share our pledge toward a more sustainable future. It's just really interesting kind of to be not at the conference, but trying to insert themselves there yeah. at the same time. Usually they're very, they're first to issues, which feels like the right thing to do. They're not, you know, a follower, mm-hmm. but this time it felt like a little bit like, oh shoot, we got to get something together because this is happening and we could need they to have be in, gone? in the is conversation. That a, is that a silly question? Could they have gone? I feel like they could have if, if, Leo DiCaprio and yeah, their Jeff BFF. Bezos are there. Yeah, <laughs> and also their true. family. Like, I feel like I wonder. I'm still so curious about what that relationship status is. Of course, but like this is a cause that's close to all of their hearts. So why wouldn't the Sussexes participate and just fly over? Maybe there's limitations on their schedule. Like, who knows? And so they were that's just true. doing their own part from afar because you don't have to physically be present to care about and be you know vocal about well, climate change. But still, they're. So in their letter, they committed to doing their own part, which is they said, we are a young company, but today Archwell joins our co-founders in committing to reach net zero carbon emissions by 2030. We will work with an independent consultant to track all Archwell-related activities from our inception. And they named some activities, internet use, commutes, electricity, and home offices. Using 2022 as our baseline year, we will develop a plan for Archwell to achieve net zero in 2030 and beyond. And it really does. I mean, one, that's incredible that they're mm-hmm. going to start tracking that and offsetting the carbon emissions that they can't obviously uh, reduce. Okay, there's a couple of reasons why I like this. One is the carbon footprint explanation, because I think they really boil it down to yes. something understandable. That's what I really like that for too. me. Yeah, it's like, hey, your carbon footprint comes from what you eat, transportation, your commute, electricity, big industries. Achieving net zero means that you make a series of choices over time to make that footprint as small as possible, and then you compensate for the remaining emissions through high-quality removal projects. This also feels like for them, if they're starting with 2022 as their baseline, like, we haven't even started yet. Like, you guys haven't even seen I know. I really like that. I think there's line. a note about them being very small, right, right now, yeah. and it's like, I, I, it definitely for me that had echoes of like, gosh, we've only just begun. Like, I think exactly. it's very exciting. You know, how big is Archival going to get? That's what I kept thinking as they, as I was reading that, because they are on this runway to massive, massive success and growth. So, and it's a first ever for the royal family. No one has ever committed to achieving net zero carbon emissions before. You know, we know Charles offsets a lot of his emissions by high growth house by having a lot of sustainable farming and organic practices there, but he's never committed to achieving net zero. And I think that's huge. Mm -hmm. It's a huge precedent to set for their family across the pond. So the last thing I want to say about the Sussexes is they had two big virtual conference announcements. One is that Megan will be speaking at the New York Times Deal Book Summit on Tuesday, November 9th. She's going to speak for 30 minutes with Melody Hobson, who's the co-CEO of Ariam Ariel Investments and Chairwoman of Starbucks, all about how women can reach economic and professional parity. 
Then we have to tune in to the Rewired Summit, where Harry will be speaking about the Internet Lie Machine. It's the session called the Internet Lie Machine. It's an event on misinformation. Just curious if he'll touch on that shocking bot sentinel report. Yeah, or if he'll stay far away from it. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because Harry, we know, is also going to be in New York next week, November 10th, the day before Veterans Day. He'll be at the Intrepid Valor Awards. We talked about this like a month ago and I totally forgot. But that makes me wonder if Megan's going to go with him and be at the Steelbook Summit in person. Oh, good question. So it'll be interesting to see. Maybe she'll be his date to this. I do feel regrets after Romney joined us. Like, I feel like I do want to go be the fangirl like outside the Intrepid or like all that stuff with you. I want you to come in, but I feel like it's to coordinate, right? November 10th. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. I'm like checking to see what meetings But lots to look forward to. I can't believe we're already in November. Can we just have like a pause for that? That like blows my mind. Are you doing Christmas shopping already? I feel like Yes, because I'm very, this. very nervous it. about shipping it. delays. Well, I haven't started actually buying, but I have a Google Doc going. <sighs> You're so good. No, You're I feel so like... Good. I'm nervous about it too, but I just, I feel like... I'm like, it just was October. Like, I can't start thinking about it, but then all of a sudden it's going to be here and... I know. So. All right, we should get into our highs and lows. It's time for the Royal Highs and Lows. All right, my low this week is these Prince Andrew updates. So his team, his legal team filed court papers on Friday trying to turn the tables on Virginia Roberts Jufri and counterattack. The content of these court filings is honestly disgusting. He accuses her of trying to recruit slutty girls, that she's a money-hungry sex kitten, that she's the head bitch, that she's a gold digger who profited from the trafficking of underage girls for sex. It's just victim shaming at its worst. There's a hearing today, so we'll definitely be hearing more today on Wednesday when we're recording, and we'll have those updates next but week. But also, didn't he say previously that he didn't had no recollection, like didn't remember her? Yeah, and then all of a sudden there's all of these attacks on her, so <sighs> it really his legal team is digging digging low. They're going very, very low for these yeah. court filings. Speaking of lows, my low is I think I was trying to put this into words but I just have this general anxiousness and like unease about like the status of things coming up like the Queen's Platinum Jubilee the disconnect with the Sussexes and Christmas celebrations and I'm just feeling some like royal anxiety or row motions I was trying to like I was trying to like think of a way to brand this but I just feel a little like you know up in the air about um, about some of the things coming up. No, you know? I hear you. I hear you. Giving ya. me I, a disconcerting feeling. Yeah, and I, I like the holidays for the royals are always such a joyful time, but with the queen's health and just feeling like we're not hearing everything from the palace, yeah. like we're not getting told all the full story. I just think it does really have me on edge this year. So, um, but my high on a lighter note is this trailer for a new podcast called When Diana Met. It's out on November 10th, and we're going to play a clip from the trailer. Yes, this is a show about Princess Diana and the moments she came face-to-face with people that would change her life. But it's really also a show about us, about how our perceptions of celebrity reveal more about ourselves than whatever powerful person we're looking at. Listen as we throw all the usual Diana tropes out the window and re-examine her story in light of how we now think about power, how we think about women, how we think about media, and the people who make it. Okay, 
It does sound incredible. It's hosted by Aminatou Sue, and I am so, so excited to listen. Me too. It sounds incredible. What a great idea. I just love all the reactions to what Diana meant to the different people, different ages too. Cannot wait. My high is, I'm sure you saw Chase Ledger's Lady Die Revenge Dress Halloween costume. What an unbelievably well done costume. Remarkable that photo tribute. was incredible. There were also so many good tributes. The so many good shorts, tributes. The sweatshirts, the wigs. Everyone went all out for Diana. But you need to look it up if you haven't seen it. In particular, Daniel Martin, who famously has done Megan's makeup for her wedding and other events, said, commented on the picture and said, this is so major, sending this to H. Like, that was pretty bold, right? That's Whoa. a pretty big statement. Um, the other uh, the other Halloween costume that I... Wait, wait, wait. But it does make me think, like, do you think they just rely on their friends for social media updates? Because they don't have social <laughs> media. You know what I it's mean? A like, good, uh, it's a good strategy in a lot of ways. Their friends are just texting them random things <laughs> like that are like, here, look at this. Kid in my lobby that's like, I'm not on social media. But then she's like, let me see your phone. And then she scrolls through <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> It's very funny. Um, But also we got a shot of August, uh, Eugenie's son, who's now almost six months in his, at his first Halloween. He was a monster. Did you see those photos? So cute. And he's chatting with a minion. And her caption was, wonder what they are talking about. But do you think the Cambridges dress up? That was my last question to end this episode on. I think their kids probably do. I think they probably take them trick-or-treating around Norfolk. We know, we have secret insider intel that possibly the Middletons are their parents have moved close to them. Is that is that right? Yeah, someone told us the little nugget that they have moved to be a little bit closer to Will and Kate. So I think maybe Buckleberry was a little too far, but that's just a royal rumor that we've been we've been uh, has been dispensed trigger, to us. Yeah, trigger treating with the grandparents. Yeah, I don't know. I do think they dress up though, and it made me. And just this is the last thing about the Cambridges, but it made me laugh when Kate was holding that um, jar of dead larva and yeah, we didn't even William's talk about that face yeah. we didn't even talk about it but it was like oh this is so charlotte like charlotte loves spiders she's such a like she like likes to get her hands dirty she's so sporty like i just think that's where she gets it from is it's all kate yeah so. they must go nuts also like the party supply company like they got a lot of halloween stuff i'm true, sure true yeah, they must go all out. Party pieces yeah they get costumes for free from grandma all right just a reminder before we close please leave us a royal rating this one says royally fulfilled i just started listening to this treasure of a podcast i've been watching the diana series on cnn and knew this must be a quality podcast if the host was a contributor rachel the podcast is a nice compliment to my work day at home thank you so so kind that's rachel incredible (laughs) glad you found us that way (laughs) every time you come on my screen every time i hear your voice narrating diana's life it's just (laughs) such a starstruck moment i'm so honored to be included in that that was so kind All right, send us an email at info at gallerypodcast.com. You can follow us personally on Instagram. I'm at Robbie Frito. And I'm at RKBNYC. Till next week. God God save save the the pod. Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast. And join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a Gallery Podcast production.